Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of A Bit Spursy. I'm Barney. I'm Dan. And we are here to took, took, talk, <laughs> took. We're going to took you on an adventure, take you on an adventure, and we're here to talk about uh, a whole range of topics because, yet again, it has been a very big week for Tottenham Hotspur. We have a special guest here with us this evening, Australia time, Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Very the, important to know exactly what time <laughs> this guest is with us. I am so paranoid after last week uh, with the European Super League fiasco uh, that we had to go through that I, I need to date everything. So Tuesday, Australia, nighttime, our guest, my girlfriend, Maddie Savage. Hello. How you going, Maddie? I'm good. Thank you, Barney. Hello, Dan. Hello. Thank you for joining us, Maddie. It's good to be here, Melbourne time at night yep. on a Tuesday. Excellent. Yeah. It is a good point that, that you make though, Barney, because last episode uh, we did record it going on and on about the mm. Super League and the ramifications that would have moving forward. Yep. And then basically as soon as we published the episode and it appeared on Spotify and, and uh, Apple Podcasts and everything like that, um, it came out that all the teams were backing out of it. Yep. So... <laughs> I, I, I apologise for calling you out for for adding the time. It was a very wise move. <laughs> Thank you very much. I think, um, and I'm not sure the exact phrasing that Tim used for the last podcast, but it was something along the lines of, this is definitely going ahead. Uh, there's nothing anyone can do. It's definitely happening. Oh, he was saying they're not going to back down. There's no way that's <laughs> happening. And we were buying into it. Were you we sure? Were... I mean, well, yeah, I agreed at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... We were wrong. Thankfully, though. Thankfully, yeah. we were wrong. The whole thing fell apart. It fell apart in, oh, well, mm. Oh, well. And we've seen uh, a whole series of very, very unsincere apologies come out from the big six. Um, that hilarious video of um, the Liverpool owner <laughs> reading of an auto cue not even bothering to take off his jacket as he talks about how much the fans mean to him. Didn't he also call it LFC or something yeah. <laughs> like that? And then Liverpool fans are like, who calls us LFC? We're not LFC. Yeah. Like, this is how disconnected this person is with our club. Exactly. Also, do you have to take off your jacket to talk to your fans? Is um, that a requirement? Absolutely. If it's an apology video. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. There is a whole science behind apology videos now, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, you don't want to look like you've just hurriedly rushed in, sat down, and then you're reading the auto cue. Like, at least take the jacket off. Sure. It's, it's a good point because we can't tell how cold that room is. It could be freezing. It could be freezing, but it could also be warm mm. and then they might not be taking the time to take their jacket off. That's how little they care about worse. it. worse, yeah. So um, it's, yeah, I think it's a good point. Yeah. Jacket on, apology is not sincere at all. Yeah. And uh, Levy's apology was just dross. <laughs> <laughs> well, Levy's apology, which I doubt he had anything to do with writing that. Mm. Um, it was a very, very generic statement, uh, which also kind of read more in a sense of, um, yeah, we're sorry that you didn't like this. Yeah. Um, oopsies. Okay. Move on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was basically it. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely more of a, oh, sorry you didn't like our great idea. Um, but until next time... <laughs> Please don't be angry. Yeah, and buy season tickets uh, yeah. on sale now. Yeah, exactly. Um, please buy from the Spurs shop. Yeah. yeah. Was he jacket off? Well, he just released a statement, <laughs> oh. but I assume the jacket was on when it was written. Yeah. yeah. Typical. Yeah, yeah. I can't not, be- yeah. not even a photo. 
I know. <laughs> not even not even anything. Um, it was just like a tweet, basically, that went out. <laughs> mm, um, mm. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty weird. I thought that they would be releasing something, but maybe they might be doing what they did with the Gareth Bale video and they just put too much time into the production values of it. Um, and if anyone didn't see the Gareth Bale video, basically when he signed, um, it took us like two days to announce it because they filmed a video with him sitting in an armchair watching a projector with like his highlights from his first stint at Spurs. And then I think they like also projected the goals onto his shirt or something. Um, And it was just big, like, you know, this big thing that got drawn out and they didn't announce anything for a few days. I was hoping that maybe Daniel Levy would be doing something similar and we'd have this big kind of overproduced video. (laughs) Yeah. And nothing, nothing. The rest of the week, dead silent. What is projected on the walls of that Daniel Levy video? I, I think it's going to be like the stadium getting built. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Him burning down that business that was opposing yeah. where the stadium. <laughs> yeah, forcefully removing people from their homes. Yeah. Um, and probably just money going into a bank account. Yeah, yeah. In fact, it would probably just be shots of like Gringotts Bank from Harry <laughs> Potter, just shots of gold and money. and. <laughs> oh, Levy. We need to make this video happen. Yeah, yeah, we definitely should. We definitely should. I'll just get to penning that letter yeah. <laughs> to Daniel Levy. Um, <laughs> enough about that. Uh, Maddie. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's good to have you on, even though you've already uh, attempted to give me shit about my jacket call. Thank you. Uh, yeah, well, no, I just wanted to clarify that. Um, I'm a very recent, or sorry, very new fan of Tottenham. Mm. So I didn't know if maybe maybe jacket off, jacket on was a... Was a real sign, so yeah. I wanted to. I wanted to make sure. That's right. There are a lot of terms that get bandied around. Um, you got to know these things. Circles, so That's yeah. true. That's yeah. Oh, yeah. you really were trying to qualif- uh, qualify. I would never try and catch you out on your own podcast. Oh wow, that's really nice. It's cool. okay. Great. Well, let's see how uh, true that holds. <laughs> <laughs> I guess as well. In Maddie's defense, um, we have had Jose Fashion Watch. That's true for most weeks mm. as well. So yeah, the jacket on. Could be and and I guess conversely in this this sense we would like our managers to wear jackets, yes, because it shows they're taking the game a little bit more seriously. Yes, that's true. That's true. So there are multiple rules for jackets in football. I think we need to do a specific podcast for this. Yeah, a little bonus episode. Just yeah, jackets, jackets. jackets. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to be there for that one. Oh, you would. If this one gets through, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how we go. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, Maddie, what you, you know, you're a recent Spurs. Uh, fan, mm. um, new Spurs fan. Where and when did you watch your Spurs? Spurs? I cannot talk today. First Spurs game. It would have been at your home, I imagine, Barney. I can't actually remember the first game I watched, but it was. Uh, I, I had only ever watched my first game of football with you. Mm-hmm. I think this is how recent this is into my life. Um, and I really liked it, actually. I think it, you had said, oh, by the way, we have to wake up at 5 a.m. to watch this game. And I think I laughed in your face, but mm. you were very sincere. And we did actually wake up at 5 a.m. And I had a great time. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Well, that's, um, yeah, that's telling because I do remember the first game that we watched together and it was in the Barossa Valley. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that checks out. Uh, and we watched, uh, this was during the 17-18 season. Um, and we watched the game against West Ham that we lost 1-0, which sort of killed the title race for us in that season. 
Um, and I remember we were both egging Spurs on at the end to score an equaliser and we lost. Um, and it was heartbreaking. I think I do remember that because I think I remember my mother saw a side of you. The, I, the Brossa Valley is where my family <laughs> home is. And I think that was the first time you'd been there and mm. you had a, a real breakdown <laughs> in front of my mother. No, I think it wasn't the first time. It was the second time, I, I think. I saved my breakdowns from the second visit. <laughs> That's right, yes. Yeah. Sorry. I feel like Spurs also do have a habit of bringing, bringing the worst out of people at their yes. lowest moments at, you know, the angry hours of the night mm. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we all know about my angry hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, and who for you is – who personifies Spurs for you? Who's your favourite Spurs player, buddy? Oh, see, Dan, I think you and I have a bit in common. I really love Son. Mm-hmm. Son's my favourite player <laughs> at present. Verhi, you're a very, very big Son fan. I love Son. Yeah. Um, he's at the moment, you know, he's gone through a bit of a dip in form. I'd mm. say he's he started off the season very hot. Um, but you still gotta love the guy. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a beautiful soul. He's a beautiful yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, he's 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 great. Um and yeah. Matt, you correct me if I'm wrong, but you were introduced to most of the team when you're watching All or Nothing. Yes, that's actually a great way to talk about it because I think I'd I'd watched many games with with Yuvan, but genuinely I think I probably got most of my info from that (laughs) Amazon doco and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Mm. I love love that. Great great little recap for people who are coming into this fresh, you know? Just get a little... Get a little info, get a little backstory as well. Mm. Always helps, I think, to know, to get a bit of heart yeah, into some of these players. It's nice. And I think it does actually help um, to get, saying, in saying this, like my wife, Maya, she watched maybe one or two episodes. Uh, didn't seem hooked as, well, as hooked as I was. I was like, oh my God, look at the, the color of that locker. Have you seen the light behind that? It's so cool. Um, and then she was more like, yeah, no, yeah, that's, that's, that's cool. It's light. That's cool. I'm like, oh yeah, but they like train. Oh, look where they put their like runners before they go out. Like there's a little rack for them. <laughs> and then I said, yeah, yeah, no, 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 I get it. So I could have possibly ruined the experience for her <laughs> and maybe be better if she went off and watched it by herself, um, to maybe then get drawn in. Uh, but I think it is a good entry point for mm. getting into Spurs. And I, I, you know, obviously the club was hoping for that to be the case for a lot of fans that, They'd see this, you know, um, series about them and then think, hey, I know the players a little bit now. Look how sweet and lovely they are. Um, they're just trying to trying to just get through life and get things happening. I'll go for this team. Oh, they're just trying their best, aren't they? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know if you watch um, All or Nothing backwards at half speed, um, every line of dialogue is go on the dare skywalk? <laughs> <laughs> Oh it's, no! Yeah. It did come out at a very good time, I think, because I was—I mean, we were in the middle of Melbourne lockdown, I think, at the time. Mm. So I was so receptive to new info and new anything new to hook myself into. I was there and ready for it. So it really did come at an opportune time, and boy, I loved it. <laughs> do you have a? You said your favorite player is Son, but do you have a least favorite player for Spurs? Ah, oh, it's grounded in nothing, but I. There's something about Lamella that rubs me the wrong way. Yeah? What is it about him? He's got these cold, dead eyes <laughs> like a shark. <laughs> and I can't, I can't find any warmth in them. Yeah, yeah. 
I think that's an experience common <laughs> uh, to people that play on Lamella because he's got shark energy, them sharp elbows. Yeah, he's got – I also love this. Was he even in the documentary that much? I don't know. I, this is only coming from seeing him play. You never see him stop, so maybe he is like a shark. He just sort of does need to move. But mm. he – very reminiscent of a shark to me. Mm. I did, there's, there's something untrustworthy about him. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. There we go. A whole other podcast. <laughs> I'm happy for that to be. Yeah, the yeah. Lamella conspiracy. Yeah. We'll dig deep into that. I do agree that like there is he does have a look um about him and he does he's a player who like he plays a lot of heart, plays a lot of passion, sometimes a little bit unhinged. Mm. Um sometimes gets sent off. Uh, only one time. Is that it's the only time. I'm surprised yeah. though, because mm. especially when Pochettino was starting out. I think there was one season where Lamella had the most fouls in the league mm. because he was just doing that, like, you know, tactical fouling to break up play before it happened. So, like, in my mind, Lamella is associated with fouling yeah, and then running with the ball. Yep. And now also looking like a shark. <laughs> <laughs> looking man. like an untrustworthy shark. <laughs> He's just doing his best. I'm just <laughs> yeah. coming at him so hard for nothing. <laughs> he does look like a shark. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> such an awful, <laughs> awful observation. Anyway, I'm mad yeah. me. Um, I guess we should move on to the events of the last week. Are we going to go with the cup final first or the Southampton game? What would you, what would you like to do, Dan? Um, I, I think there's still a, a little bit of re super league. Oh, we probably should because yeah. that happened before both of these. That's true. Oh, so you want to do chronologically? I think so. Yeah. It makes it easier in my mind to to work through the week because there was so much that happened mm, yeah. um, again. Um, so I think, I mean, we already spoke about the apologies yes. that happened uh, for the breakdown of the Super League. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it seemed really weird, I think, even after that. Like there was still so much hypocrisy coming from everyone about this competition. And I just kind of hope that like the passion that everyone showed towards breaking that up is now continued at other entities which deserve a lot of criticism as well, yep. not just the Super League. Yep. Um, so it's like UEFA, FIFA, mm -hmm. um, all those sort of things because they're just doing they're doing the same thing but just under a badge that is like, oh, we're an official, mm. <laughs> you know, um, unbiased uh, organisation here. Because um, like the Champions League, the, the reformatting of that, yeah. that is very much, it's got the same things in mind. UEFA trying to get more games in, more money. Um, it really is just a sort of watered down version of the Super League. Yeah, exactly. And and then I saw that some leagues will have teams that are invited into the new Champions League, like that, you know, will have extra spots, which is, you know, just a few shades off the invitees of the European Super League. Um, so it's, it's like the Super League was the um, splash of cold water in the face and this is the lukewarm dripping on the head. It's like it's not as bad, but it's also it's it's a bad move in my opinion. The reformatting of it, I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. I think as well from what you're saying too. UEFA are probably pretty happy with this because you know there was so much backlash against Super League, and then like you're saying, they're like, oh, but this league is not as bad, is it? Yeah, <laughs> it's quite good by comparison. <laughs> in their blood sucking Dracula. Yeah, <laughs> Dracula runs the. <laughs> runs your way for, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think it's like, you know, it's there's this big sort of victory which everyone's proclaiming, but there's still a lot of things that need to be addressed. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I just hope it doesn't um, 
it doesn't die out now that we like you know we think that Super League's done. That all fans are like, all right, cool, that's done. Let's not worry about that coming back again. Yeah. Um, because you know Perez being you know his unhinged interviews. Mm. Uh, it's not done. It's not done. <laughs> all the teams are still in. Oh, it's just we're taking a, a break to reformat it and all that. So I wouldn't be surprised if this comes back again. Yeah. At some stage. Um, and without some sort of more like systematic reform about how clubs are owned and run and managed, there's um, this is bound to sort of crop up in, in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, uh, all the momentum, like you said, that was generated from this and the idea of an independent football uh, body that is able to review decisions and um, uh, clubs within the FA that does go ahead. Um, and there is, and you know, there's been a lot of, um, chatter about the 50 plus one ownership model, like in Germany, where the fans own half the club. I don't know how that would be instigated in the prem. Um, and I also don't know, although it is fantastic in, in theory, I think it can create problems because a lot of clubs in Germany aren't run very well. <laughs> um, so, you know, we'll just have to see just, you know, it'd be great to, have some more fan integration into the decisions that are made at a club level. Um, yeah, but oh. I don't have any answers. I just hope that's what happens. No, definitely, because I, this also doesn't address the financial issues either. Mm. Like you look at City who have spent, I think in the last 10 years, they've spent something like um, 1.5 billion euros on transfers. Then they've only got about half a billion euros back in. Mm. So there, I'm speaking euros because this is what the stat said. Yeah. So... Normally, I would like to talk in pounds because mm. my brain works for football stuff in pounds. Yeah. Um, but whatever this ends up being. Mm. But almost a billion euros they're like lost on player transfers. Um, there aren't many clubs who can afford to throw away that much money. Mm. So until that start, sort of side of things gets addressed, there's always going to be this imbalance in football. And if people think that, you know, the Champions League, it's such a nice open league now that anyone can qualify for, um, you only have to look at the teams who won the Premier League in the last you know, 15 years mm. and Leicester are the only one that's sort of um, out of the, that have broken the mold and aren't a big spending team. Yeah. Um, so we're in a pretty closed system to begin with. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, there's just a lot to, a lot to keep just trawling through and we'll see if this is just empty threats or if, you know, some stuff does keep happening over the next couple of months yeah. to, to try and rectify it. Well, the other thing that has been threatened is punishment for the big six English clubs that were involved in the Super League. Um, and some of the things that have been floated is points deductions, uh, big fines, um, that they are disqualified from the Champions League next season. Um, and after we finished recording last week, I think we chatted about this with Tim. And one thing that I don't think is right is punishing the fans for the club's discretions. So taking 20 points off a team affects the players and the coach and the fans because the fans want the club to do well, um, which, you know, I guess down the line affects the owners because where they, if it affects where they finish, then there's less revenue, whatever. But I just don't think that's the right way to go. And fines, like both Chelsea and City have more money than God. So like what's that really going to do? Like you said, who can afford to spend half a billion euros, lose half a billion euros in transfers? Um, but I, I wouldn't also be like uh, closed off to the idea of some kind of punishment or at least the creation of rules that have clear punishments if this kind of thing was to happen again. Definitely. 
I think yeah. it would also be good to say have, you know, any punishments that were given out if they were financial ones were not just the FA or UEFA or someone like that taking money, but it was actually diverted to these other clubs yeah, um, who were, you know, all the Super League teams were saying they were doing it for the benefit of these other clubs and they clearly weren't. They were just doing it for themselves. Yeah. But if any fines that they did have to pay did fills down to these other other clubs and go more towards like grassroots football and those sort of things, then I think that would be the way to, um, you know, hit the owners the most. Even though, as you say, a lot of them don't have um, issues with money. Mm. Um, although, you know, a big driver from these clubs jumping into the Super League was COVID and losing all their money. <laughs> that they Like Spurs, we've got a new stadium that, you know, has really lost like hundreds of millions um, mm. over the last year because it hasn't been filled. There's no events that can be held there, not, not like, nothing like that. And so a lot of these clubs jumping in Super League were jumping in to try and go, you know, how, how can we get ourselves out of this huge debt? Yep. So I think that financially some of them are, including ours, are like in a bit of a vulnerable, vulnerable situation. So if you do hit them financially with something, but then that money actually goes towards something good, um, that might be the, you know, the fairest way to sort of tackle tackle it at this stage. Yep. Um, yep. I agree. Yeah. yeah totally agree. So I think... Moving on from that, because like we're sure that over the coming weeks there's going to be more and more stuff coming out yeah. about all this. Yeah, this will probably be out of date by the time this comes out. Something will have happened. Time check for uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 nine nine twenty uh, p.m. Yep. Tuesday evening uh, Australia time. Yeah, Melbourne, Melbourne time, mm-hmm. specifically yeah. Melbourne time. Clarify that. Yeah, um, something I did want to um, co- we covered we covered it in pretty pretty in depth detail last week with Jose leaving mm. um, the club. Maddie, I know we've spoken in the past. Um, that, you know, you've been a bit of a Jose fan. I'm not talking in the sense of like necessarily him uh, in the way that he coaches or manages the team, but purely from an entertainment perspective. Yes. Yeah, I need to be very clear. I have such limited football knowledge, which is going to be, if not already, so clear, so <laughs> obvious. Um, so my my stance on Jose is is nothing to do with his abilities as a manager purely the fact that he that all of the brilliant things we were blessed with whilst he was manager petting them like cats was something that happened very very early on his beautiful glasses that he wore in the in the doco the way he just the way he moves is brilliant his instagram post i love it i love it all and it's been a true gift to go along with watching these games because then you get to see him just operate just walk around i love it i love his face when he watches the games so great yeah so this is the level of insight that i'm able to <laughs> offer you guys i did i really enjoyed him i think that's a good point uh because you know and as spurs fans i think we became enamored with him when he first came um in a sense of oh yeah he's actually saying things he's entertaining we we actually feel like we get more of a view of um you know, who he is and he, he sort of doesn't hold back because with Pochettino a lot of the times he, he'd he be very – keep his cards very close to his chest, wouldn't say much in co- press conferences. If he said anything, he'd give us a riddle about a, a, a cow staring at a train. Mm. Um, and I think it was kind of nice in a sense like, okay, cool, we've got a manager who's calling things out yeah, um, and is, you know, providing some entertainment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, part of the Hollywood signing of Jose Mourinho is that you get that kind of box office reaction and those press conferences where he says – direct ridiculous things or on the sidelines when he you know jump when I think it was that during the Man City game where the penalty got saved 
and then uh, Sterling and Larice came together and it looked like Sterling had dived and he was laughing and then he jumps up and starts yelling at the referee. Oh, that and it's so funny. Yeah, yeah. One of the best gifts of all time. Mm-hmm. Just incredible. Yeah. I mean, where else are you going to get that kind of, you know, off the pitch entertainment? Yeah. Um, I will say with, with – oh, actually, I should ask you, Maddie, since Jose's gone, how do you feel about Ryan Mason? Uh, I think he looks like a lovely young man. Mm-hmm. Um, great teeth. Unbelievable teeth. Great teeth, I noticed in that last yeah, one. Yeah, those teeth, wow. Wow, I'm just <laughs> – all I'm offering so far <laughs> is analysis on the physical appearance <laughs> of people. That's horrible. No, he seems – There's a trend developing. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> wow, cancel. Um, no, he seems uh, great. I love his backstory. Great, awesome. Mm. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss Jose. I'm gonna miss his his manner. I think he just had a great presence. Just so cross mm. all the time, but then obviously so warm inside. What a great, what a great combo. Yeah. I just, yeah. I just thought he was fantastic, but uh, absolutely nothing to do with how he managed <laughs> Tottenham, which is clearly more important. So glad he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> so glad he's gone. Well, I remember when he came on board because I had started following Spurs when Pochettino was the manager and then when Jose came along board, I think I'd seen some YouTube videos or something because Banyu introduced me to who he was because there was such hype about him coming on board and I decided that I really liked him and said to you, Dan, isn't it so funny that Jose is your manager and you got quite upset, <laughs> I think, or you, you sort of – are you serious? What? Uh, yeah, I know it's not great. <laughs> there was like little bits of, yeah, he was obviously quite divisive. Yeah, well, I think he like he has that power that he can. If things aren't going well, it's very uncomfortable having Jose. Oh yeah, in charge. If things are going well, then that's where we can sit back and laugh at his Instagram posts. And <laughs> can you believe he said this in the press conference? Mm. Um, he said, I am football. Wow. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> wow, that's really great. Um, but then as soon as things are going badly and he starts tearing into players mm. um, and he starts criticising players who aren't even playing that day because that, that mm. happened a couple of times where it's, oh, why did you lose today? And he's like, well, you know, if you've got players like Delhi who aren't uh, putting in and people are like, um, he wasn't even in the squad today. <laughs> like, yeah. When he gets in that sort of, again, that unhinged sort of Jose mm. where he's just looking to blame everyone as soon as things go wrong, then that's where it becomes very, very uncomfortable because you feel like it's just a madman talking yeah. and is not providing any rational answers for, for anything. Yeah. Yeah, I will say even as someone who's so fresh to this, I never felt secure watching Jose. It was never like, yeah, this man's got everything under control. It, absolutely not, but there was some sort of um, sort of entertainment value with that, but obviously, <laughs> obviously not appropriate at all times. Yeah, yep, yep. Definitely very uncomfortable press conferences at times, or you know, after a loss, being like, "Oh, what's he going to say this week? Like, what? Uh, who's he going to throw under the bus?" Like, um, and so I'm very pleased that I don't have that feeling. I mean, I'll get back to the boring press conferences like Bocciatino's ones where it's like, ugh, whatever. Like these are these are stupid exercises where nothing is actually discussed. Um, but for the moment, it feels like being wrapped in a warm blanket again instead of Jose's ice shard sheet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, d- definitely. And I think even, you know, on um, with specific players, like 
you know, Bale coming in and just Jose just shoving him in a cupboard mm. and just locking the door and letting him out for air every, you know, couple of months when he just hears a little creak on it. Um, it's like ridiculous to think that we brought back Bale, which understandably Daniel Levy wanted to do and Jose wasn't for it. So he kind of, you know, revolted by not playing him at all. Um, yeah. You'd think that the manager's got to toe the line on some issues. Mm. Now, does Daniel Levy get too involved in like transfer dealings um, and sort of some player management things? Yep. Yes, of course. But at the end of the day, I think when you have a player like Bale, <laughs> like who Jose just falls out with and then he's just not even bringing him on and he's this this guy's like won like four Champions Leagues. Yep. Um, you can see, uh, you know, he's just got that extra level of class mm. and how petty I think Jose gets with plays that he doesn't like um, is... Yeah, it's it's not great and it's I don't think it works at a club that is not willing to back him unquestionably in the transfer market. Like yeah. if you if if you're a Chelsea, if you're a Madrid, if whoever, you're going to go out and buy whoever he wants. And then I think Jose is a great manager because he's got he can take give me that you know 30, 40, 50 million pound player. Give me that 80 million pound player. That's who I want. That's who I um who I need to to win with. Um, but I think he's sort of shown he's not that great at working with squads that aren't from, you know, that aren't his choosing necessarily. Yeah. Yep. I think that's 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 it. Like you know, we saw it at Manu where he did get more players maybe than he did at Spurs, you know, because they have more money to spend. Um, but he didn't get the full package, the full Jose treatment of yeah, take your pick of whoever's on the market. Um, and the same thing happened at Spurs and he couldn't, you know, the only player that I can, well, the only two players maybe that improved under him were Ndombele, but we also don't know because Ndombele was there for such a short time before Pochettino got sacked. And, you know, uh, Hoybier is having a better season at Spurs than he has had in the past at Southampton. And then I guess, you know, Harry Kane, so that's three. <laughs> and then Sonny started hot, but as we said earlier, is uh, ice gold right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it feels, yeah, Jose thrives when you give him the keys to the store and yep. say, look, we're locking up for the night. You go in, take whatever you want. Mm. But if you give him a discount card and say, well, here's your spending limit, uh, let's see if you can get some deals. Yeah. Um, that's more of a Harry Redknapp type, <laughs> type, yeah. of, type of situation. Yeah. So, yeah. Look, I think on, on the Mason front, um, you know, could he be our baby-faced assassin? Uh, no, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's 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 tough. Um, and I think the Southampton game. Yeah. So, um, yeah. What were your thoughts initially? I guess seeing the team that Mason put out for that. Um, I was happy with the midfield. You know, we've all been waiting for the uh, Tangi, Hoybier, and Lacelso midfield. Um, so that was exciting. Um, I was confused to see Eric Dyer back. Um, and I was, you know, like happy with the bail start and Lucas and son, you know, cool. They, you know, Lucas has been pretty good the last month. Um, but then upon starting the first half, uh, I was very concerned because it was no different than what we'd seen, you know, in the decline of the Jose Mourinho version of Tottenham. Yeah. And I think you specifically said it looks like the ghost of Mourinho is still managing that team. Yeah, yeah, which it did. Like there was just uh, no energy. We were sort of like sitting back, giving Southampton the prerogative to go forward. Um, it looked like we were 
kind of in a mid block, maybe a low block, but we, we weren't, we couldn't get anything going. Um, yeah, it was, it was a terrible half. Yeah. Terrible half. It was really grim. It was a grim start to, to Mason, uh, Mason, I guess managerial career start. Like, I mean, we'll, you know, top level. Yeah. Even though as well, it's a tough ass to come in the day before be pulled into the, you know, the chairman's office and go, Hey, do you want to take the team from now on? Mm. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Cool. You got a game tomorrow. And then suddenly you're trying to, you know, undo months and months of what Jose had drilled into these players. Um, yeah, it was, it was a big ask, but then second half. Much better. Much better. Yeah. Um, I will say at the end of the first, we saw, Ing score after um, Aurier, was it lost Ward Prowse, I think? Um, which, again, I was like, same old, same old Spurs, and we concede a goal from a set piece. Same How about as- that Ward Prowse, though? Oh, yeah. From wow. a dead ball. <laughs> dead ball specialist. Yeah. It's just wow. as soon as the game starts, the commentators just... Every time. Every single time. They mentioned James Ward Prowse. They yep. were going through the Southampton lineup. Mm, and James Ward Prowse. Got to watch him from dead balls. What an absolute pass he has on him. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's just it's ridiculous. Like he's pretty good, like to be fair. Yeah. He's pretty good, but he's <laughs> like, there's lots of other guys that are just as good as him. But for some reason, it's like, oh, wow. He's got a really creative foot on him and he can just swing that ball in and it'll be landed on Ing's head before you know it. And you're like, yeah, all right. Like, why are they like 12th then? Like- <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And yeah. then, you know, and, and as soon as we pipe up watching a game and go, yeah, Ward well, Brass is not that good as an all-round. Oh, okay, he's put a – yeah, that was a good yeah, ball. Oh, yeah. good goal. Yep, yep, no fair. Oh, okay, yep, commentators were right. Yep, okay. Um, yeah, but second half we came out, we looked more energised. Uh, we looked like we were interested in the game. There was a bit more passing. There was a difference from the Jose. The ghost of Jose had been sucked into one of those Ghostbusters things or whatever happens to ghosts. Uh, <laughs> my other podcast, uh, <laughs> what happens to what, ghosts? Whatever happens whatever to happens ghosts. Ghosts. I love as well, that's the two options we have so far. The Ghostbuster thing yeah. or whatever happens, happens to <laughs> ghosts. Yeah. Well, what does? <laughs> um, DM me. Uh, so... <laughs> The podcast is not you explaining to people. It's you trying to honestly find out. Yeah. <laughs> what happens to them? Where do they go? Um, to the ghost ball. Oh, there you go. That's, no, you don't need to make yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> they go to a 1920s style ball. Yeah. Anyway, so the second half, um, yep, we were passing the ball more, which was great to see. Um, and we equalised. Yeah, with a great goal from Gareth Bale. Um, with a good little sort of bit of build-up, Tangy with a very incisive pass through to Lacelso, I think, who laid it off or took a shot. No, it was Lucas that took the shot. Lucas re- took the shot. I yeah. think also Son was involved in one of the little touches as well. That's and, true. Uh, it was like you said, it was a nice little interplay. Yeah, um, yeah, and then uh, Lucas took the shot, which then rebounded out mm. towards Bale. Yeah, who had the poise to just slot it. Uh, yeah, it was a fantastic goal. Um, it's so good to see. Bale score after he's been in Jose's closet for, uh, you know, the last six months or whatever it's been. Oh, definitely. And I think that's what you get with Bale now. It's like, you know, you get his ability to, you know, find himself in the box, create a goal out of, like, it wasn't quite out of nothing. Like, he did have a pretty decent chance, but just to still, like, just place at top corner. Mm. Um, that's what he does now. He doesn't run and track back. Yep. Uh, and maybe that's okay. <laughs> like, yeah, I know that you've got to do a lot more defensive work as a player now than what you used to. 
Um, and he used to do a lot more defensive work when he was younger and could run up and down the wing all day. But, you know, if you've got a player who sort of can be that clinical, mm. um, maybe it's fine if they're in the team really just to have free role attacking license to do whatever they want. Yeah, like the corpse, Fernando Lorento. That should be his role. Like come on, hang out in the box and do things like that. Yeah, do what you want. Yeah, do what you want. Shamble around. <laughs> like that's that's what he should be doing. Um, and I hope that's what we see from him for the rest of the season, but I doubt it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, uh, so I, with the rest of this game, like it, it, it was nice in the second half. We, we did start playing a lot more. Um, it did seem like, all right, this is a Spurs team we haven't seen play this openly for a while. Mm. Um, probably maybe a couple of times at the start of the season, but um, yeah, there was just just a lot of freedom yeah. about it. And we obviously scored the goal, which was disallowed Yep. Uh, for offside, which I think was like the, the keeper was never going to stop it, but I I think it's fair enough to call that offside. Yep. If we were on the other side of the things, we'd probably be disappointed if that was allowed to stand yeah totally yeah it was one of those ones where it was like eh. yeah if we were Southampton fans and it stood you'd be like unbelievable um but yeah from here I was like really really like I just didn't think like Lucas didn't stop him from saving the shot but whatever yeah. you know we won in the end didn't we so, we won got yeah. the penalty yep after possible handball possible handball bad tackle free kick oh VAR check oh in the box yep oh yeah Check the handball, no. Check the handball, no. Check, it's ridiculous, the process that yeah. they go through. Um, and then, yeah, penalty, Son puts it away, 2-1. Mm-hmm. It was nice to, I guess, come out of that game feeling positive again about being a Spurs fan. Absolutely. And Mason said all the right things at the press conference. You know, it's like the boys are playing well, they're unified, great group of players, great group of lads, blah, blah, you know, like Tottenham through and through, all that kind of, you know, to dare us to do. And... As much as I'm saying that sarcastically now, after watching the press conference, I was like, yeah, <laughs> we do have a, an attacking mentality and, and and that's what we do. Ryan Mason's in charge. You know, like... Yeah, we it, believe in you, Ryan. Yeah, we believe in you, Ryan. Show us those teeth again. Yeah, <laughs> those straight, straight teeth. We're just blind. Maybe that's his power. He just hypnotizes us with his teeth. Yeah, oh, that's true. Um, Maddie, since you're the um, appearance expert, uh, could I just ask you about Gareth Bale's hair? Of course you can. Yeah, uh, yeah I'd love to offer my two cents. Yeah. Cut it off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, Emphatic. Emphatic. <laughs> <laughs> no, all right. Not all even. right. That's... No, I really took a side just then because I wanted to commit to the character. But um, no, I mean, hey, if he's happy, then, then that's great. Um, no, Maddie, stick to your guns. Stick it's, to your guns. Cut it off. Cut it. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? You're you're a lovely man. Yeah. Cut that off. Yeah, it seems like the man bun is a bit. Um, it's got definitely gone out of fashion a bit. Like you know, a few mm. years ago, mm. every second player was rocking one. Um, it's, yeah. It's not even really a man bun though. It's kind of more like. It's just a bit. It's yeah. It's just a bit of hair. If you gotta push it back, what's it? What's its function? Do you know what I mean? Like if you have to tie it away. Yeah. Like what's it what's it doing when it's not tied up? Is he walking around at home with it down? I picture he probably would. See, I think he's I completely bald on the top of his head. <laughs> it's a piece. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> Wait, do you hang on? Are you saying that it's a fringe that he pulls back? Yes. Yeah. So it's all <laughs> so on top of his head he's completely bald and then he just uh, folds all of his side hair up in and makes the man bun. Got you. Well, in that case, keep it, Gareth. Yeah, okay. 
keep it. So he's got bald head on top, but then just like majestic mane around the outside. Yeah, yeah. Which is, it's got me fooled. Mm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. I would Not never me. have guessed it. You saw. I saw, yep. Maybe you're the appearance expert. I'm the expert on hiding baldness. <laughs> Do you have something to tell us? You are uh, wearing a hat tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I bleach my hair and... Uh, <laughs> Uh-oh. It's all falling out. out. <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, yeah, so that was uh, it was a good feeling. It, it felt good uh, into the... Back on the Southampton yeah, game. Yeah, back on the Southampton yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. Back on the Southampton game. <laughs> Bale's hair was a good feeling. Uh, he's covering up a bald head. And um, so, so it was it was good. And, it, you know, it. I had... Hope going into the cup final. Um, not a lot of hope because if we played to the same quality that we played against Southampton, I had predicted that we would lose by a minimum of about five goals. Um, but I still, you know, like still bought into the like sports movie narrative of like Ryan Mason got his skull fractured and now he's come back to manage Tottenham Hotspur. All his best buddies are still in the team and they're going to win together. Like, you know, I had, there was an element of that. Yeah, no, I, I do like that. Like a team in despair. Yeah. Will they pull together for their friend? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We love an underdog here, don't mm. we? Yeah. The underdog story. With the greatest teeth. <laughs> <laughs> and the darkest eyes. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, it, it didn't quite happen, did it? Um, no. But I, I definitely got on board that 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 train of thought too, especially mm. after the after the, the second half of the Southampton game. There was that naive feeling of like, hey, we're fixed. Yeah. We're all good now. Mm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Forget about the first half. What happened then? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Jose the witch is dead. Yeah. And now we yeah, we rise again. It was like Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones just rocked up to me on the couch and just giving me the old man in black treatment. Yeah. And I'd forgotten everything that happened before that second half yeah. of the game. And it's like, yeah, cool. We're good. We're going to win. I've got a good feeling about this Carabao Cup. We're going to beat City. They're vulnerable. They mm. lost. Yeah. They just lost a game. So they're there for the taking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, weak City. <laughs> um, and, of course, that's not what happened. We spent the entire first half of the final camped in our own box um, and luckily didn't concede a goal. I will say, though, that Toby and uh, Eric Dyer had fantastic games all around. Like, they really, really stood up. Uh, I was so impressed. And I think Hugo as well. Oh, like, Hugo as well, yeah. Just to add in, like, that little triangle there. Mm, yeah. Um, which, you know, often this season has looked like a bit of a Bermuda triangle. Absolutely, yeah. Um, the ball goes in there and then somehow ends up in the net. Yeah. <laughs> it yep. doesn't come back out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they played really well. Mm. Um, <laughs> their best games all season. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, especially um, Aria and uh, Region. Mm. Oh, they're getting worse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Region definitely is getting worse. It's like he was around all these great players at Madrid, which lifted his level. And now he's come to Spurs. Under Jose, played Jose ball, um, had a terrible centre back pairing next to him, and he's just regressed so much. Like he looks like he can barely defend. Oh, definitely. And I like, like the best games that he's had this season. Probably the Man U game is mm. in the first time we played them when we won six one. Yep. When we were in complete control of the game and dominating. Yep. Um, that's probably the best he's looked. Mm. Um, and he was still playing well around that time, but I think it really sort of shows. When you're sitting back a lot, um, he's he's just defensively not good enough yet. No. And he's still quite young, but he's just not 
Mm. He's not there yet. Um, Sergio Aria is just absolute liability. Yeah. Um, I think Jamie Carragher called him the biggest liability in the Premier League. Mm. Uh, fair call, I think. Yeah. He's uh, – I want to take him out of the intro <laughs> after this game. <laughs> I was so furious with him. Um, so, yeah, first half, like City just absolutely dominated. We somehow got to halftime, nil all. I have no idea how it happened. Just City uh, creating so many opportunities that they – had uh, the choice paradox in the sense they didn't know which one they wanted to score from. Um, uh, yeah. Definitely. And then, yeah. How, Maddie, how did it feel? Because you watched the game with us. Mm. So how did it feel for you, I guess, um, in the build-up uh, and also just that first half and seeing how the game like happened? Because obviously Barney and I were quite nervous. Mm. Oh, a bit. Yeah, yeah. You were both a, a little bit nervous. Um, no, you were freaking out. Um it was it was great. I mean, I th- I think I was I was very excited to to see them in a final, and then I think you know it was just crossing everything that they wouldn't get absolutely destroyed. I think was was the main thing. I would have loved them to have won it, um, or even to draw it. But to yeah, I was I was very worried that you know it would they would City would score in the first minute. And then it would just be a really sad time. So I was I was grateful for that. But yeah, it it was a bit of a shame. They um they definitely didn't look like whenever they did get the ball on the rare moments, it was sort of panic. Like, what do we do with it now that we have it? I could it was just impossible to get it out of that half, which was a bit bit of a shame. Yeah, it was a lot of just passing back. Yeah. Um and, and waiting so long on the ball. Like whenever City had it, such a rubbish observation probably, but whenever City had it, it would be passed off immediately. It was such quick passing. And then Tottenham it was just this like wait, see, and then by that time it's over and it's gone again. No, oh, I think it's a great observation. Um and Jamie Carragher did a breakdown as well. And like you might love Jamie Carragher, you might hate him. Um, but I think he was actually spot on with his breakdown, which is basically what you were saying was that when Spurs were getting on the ball and he showed a few key moments, especially in that first half, um, where he was sort of showing that we would get on the ball and we would take too long. Our players weren't looking to advance. Um, mm. the, the midfielders where you had sort of like Winks and Hoybert sort of like dropping in, mm. they weren't really dropping in, presenting opportunities, wanting to get the ball. If they then did get the ball, they weren't turning and then trying to sort of play it up the field. They were often playing it back to the fullbacks or to the centre-backs. Um, and so, yeah, it's like it looked like more of a scared performance that didn't have any confidence to sort of go forward. Um, and I think the most upsetting thing about it is that on the bench, we've probably got one of the best players in the league mm. for getting on the ball, turning and advancing it directly forward, not going sideways, um, in Ndombele. Yeah, we have the ultimate press-resistant midfielder just sitting there, just sitting on his 60 million pound <laughs> bottom <laughs> when he should be out there breaking through presses. And I just, how did you feel, Dan, about the team selection? Um, I Initially I was a bit kind of concerned because I was like, mm, I don't know if, bringing Winks into this sort of game when he hasn't played for a long time. Um, I mean, he played against Southampton, but apart from that, he's been, again, in Jose's closet with Bale. Yeah. Um, and it was just weird to go like, all right, this is a cup final, one game. It doesn't. You're not trying to play for a draw here. 
you know, you do want to sort of go for it. Yeah. See what happens. Like I'd much prefer us in a game like that to go for it and get beaten 3-0 um, than to sort of sit back and play as passively as we did. Mm. So I think in that sort of team selection, I was a bit concerned that we had Winks in there because he doesn't usually progress the ball forward that well. Yeah. Um, he can be good at coming on and like holding on to possession if you're up and it's like 20 minutes left in the game mm. and he's going to come in, pass it sideways and, uh, you know, get it, oh, turn, uh, pass the other way. But in terms of someone who's actually going to drive forward and has that just creative spark, he doesn't have that. Yeah. Um, so I I was a bit concerned um, from from seeing that. But then at the same time I thought, oh, maybe there's like a plan here of let's contain City in the first half and then at half time let's bring on Ndombele. Like let's get to nil-nil at half time mm. and then let's bring on, you know, bring on Ndombele, bring on Bale mm. and really start opening up the game after we've weathered that initial storm from City. Yeah, yeah. Um because especially City are not City are really good going through the middle, but they're not as good going down the wings. Yeah. Well as in like they've got a lot of players down the wings, but if you force them to cross, that there's no center forward that they can cross into. Oh exactly, yeah. So, you know, trying to contain that at the start was like, okay, cool, mm. let's do this. But yeah. Um it didn't really excite beyond that. No. Well I just I find it so baffling that Wink started against and the way that we set up with Wink starting, I was like, he doesn't offer anything to – if what we're trying to do is hold on for the first half or as long as we can and then we're going to switch to a more open progressive uh, lineup, he is te- Winks is terrible defensively. Like he can pass the ball laterally, but he doesn't progress it. He can't defend. He can't mark. Like I was like, this is baffling why he would get selected for this game when Ndombele's had a pretty good season. I, yeah, just do not get it. Um, and then Kane started and I was just having uh, flashbacks to the Champions League final and he wasn't moving very well in that first half. I think, he, I don't know how many times it touched it, but it wasn't a lot. And like alarm bells went off initially when Mason was asked about it and he said, well, Harry says he's fit and he's a competent professional. I was like, oh God. Like Harry would say he's fit you know, like if both his legs were broken. So Harry would be rolling his way onto the ground. Exactly. Like a child down a hill yeah. and saying, I've got it, boss. I've got it. I've got <laughs> oh, it. Oh, good. <laughs> um, yeah. So so I thought I had a bit of hope after the first half. I was like, cool. We pretty much lucked our way through that. We had some good defensive blocks and uh, clearances by Toby and Dyer and Larice made some ridiculous saves. Um but we lucked our way through. So now second half, let's change it up. Uh, but we didn't. <laughs> we didn't. We looked, when we first came out, we looked like we were being more progressive. And there was that La Celso chance pretty shortly after the the halftime break, if I remember correctly, where he took that oh, shot. Yeah, from it was tipped, tipped right. Where's yeah. Stefan? Yeah, Stefan. Who's Stefan? Who is Stefan? Maddie? Maddie, who's Stefan? <laughs> Let me tell you about Stefan. Oh, please. No, I have no idea who Stefan is. Everyone was, uh, everyone was asking the same question. Yeah. Who is Stefan? Who is Stefan? The question on everyone's lips. Yeah. What Who happens is, Still to don't him? know. Yeah, no idea. No, I've never heard of him before. No, I've never heard of him before. I was going to say I've never heard of him since, but it's, <laughs> it's like three days ago. Yeah. I haven't. Uh, I mean, he hasn't come up in the last three up. days. Um, yeah, yeah. Stefan, well done in your cup win. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, let's sign him. Yeah. <laughs> His value's gone up. Yeah, sure has. What a, what a performance. Yeah. I was going to ask, Matty, so how did you feel, I guess, um, I was going to say, like, it probably isn't a great advertisement for Spurs if you haven't seen, like, say, a huge amount of games before to go out and see them in this big final game and sort of playing like that in the first half. Mm, um, I've seen them play really well before, so I have faith in them as a team. Um, they just – it was just a – yeah, it was just a shame to see them – so messy and so obviously under pressure. I think when the game starts and then you've spent 10 minutes and you haven't even got it into your half yet, that's that's a bit of a troubling sign. But, I, I mean, I've seen Spurs dominate completely before and, you know, you know you've got it in them and you know you've got incredible talent and ability within certain players and, that you know, if the ball goes to them, you're fine. Um, but unfortunately it just wasn't the case that day. Oh, this is I was just double checking that we hadn't lost you. You I'm haven't like... lost me. No, they didn't lose me. It, Son Son lost me a little bit. I was a bit sad with Son. He had a big sook at the end of the game. He was quite sad. Yeah. I wonder what was going on. Do you think it was just the loss or do you think there was more going on? Because he was distraught. I think maybe like Son, Son, you're right. Son definitely didn't play well and he looked very timid throughout the whole game. Yeah. Like whenever he was getting on the ball, he was not going at Walker at all. Mm. And he'd often, he'd sort of turn around, come back, yeah, um, play it off. So it was really weird because Son's kind of at his best when he does push forward mm. and believes in himself and goes for it. And it looked like he just didn't have much confidence mm. at all. So I think, you know, the reason he was crying after the game is probably, you know, again, it's another opportunity that Spurs have missed to win something. Um Probably also Son's the type of player who would feel guilty about his performance mm. if he's played poorly. Um, so I think that's kind of why, um, you know, it just I think it means a lot to this team that they are constantly getting into, well, they're not constantly getting into like finals and that sort of stuff, but whenever we're getting into finals, we're not winning. Mm. Um, whenever we're getting into crunch games, we're struggling a lot. And I think it's starting to really kind of take that emotional toll on these players because like Eric Dyer, and I know we're jumping ahead a little bit here, but like Eric Dyer after the game, he was giving his interview and he was a little bit emotional mm. and he kind of um, had to sort of turn around at the end of the interview and sort of turn around like cover his face and he sort mm. of went back and like stood by the side of the pitch um, for a little while. Um, and I think it's, yeah, it's like even if we didn't play with that sort of courage that we're talking about, it's like at the end of the day we, we always say this, like these are people, they are humans, like, you know, winning things is what they set out to do when they mm. start becoming footballers. Like mm. it means so much to them to compete at the highest level and win things. Mm. So it's very easy for us to sit back and go, they weren't trying, they weren't doing this, they weren't doing that. Mm. But there's so much more at stake going on. And I don't think Son was purposefully going, you know, I'm not going to have a good game and that. So, yeah, it's kind of like it's always, it's always sad to see Son cry. Yeah, yeah it was awful. Yeah. Well, I mean, I – so when it initially happened – uh, when the game went was over and Son was crying, my initial gut reaction because I was annoyed was like, are you joking me? Like you had such a terrible game. Like I can't feel sorry for you here. Like you you looked like the shadow of a player that you, you usually are. And then post that um, as someone that is training to become a psychologist, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I... Um, just an all-round good guy, yeah. you know. <laughs> I reflected and, and I think you're right, Dan. Like, you know, he... 
wears his heart on his sleeve. He is emotional. And the shame maybe that he felt about the game that he had because he didn't have a good one. Like that's, you know, mm. um, and he felt like he let the team down plus the disappointment of losing another final. Like that would be, it would suck. <laughs> you no, know, really it really upsetting. would suck. And yeah, and I think with Son as well, like he's, you know, he captain South Korea. Mm. He leads them out all the time. Like there's so much pressure I think on Son as well for from like, you know, He's the biggest athlete in that country. Yeah. Um, he's like, and not even just an athlete, like he's a huge star there. Mm. Like there's, I think there's always going to be a lot of pressure coming from that. Um, and like, which is why we've seen him cry when he loses finals before. Yeah. Um, I don't, I like when he cries. Like, I don't like. <laughs> like <laughs> I like when he cries. <laughs> I really love to see him cry. <laughs> um, I like that he kind of, you know, lets that stuff out. I'd much preferred that than say a player who visibly doesn't look like they give a shit. Mm. Um, so there is something nice about that, but yeah, it's like, I, I honestly think that he's such a humble player that when he knows he hasn't played well, um, it would, he'd feel so guilty mm. about it. Cause he's like, he's, he was sitting down, his head was, you know, <laughs> head was hung. Like yeah, he all looked the, devastated. Yeah. Like city players were coming up to him and like, yeah. Hey bud, it's all, it's all good. Yeah. Um, they're probably like, hey, mate, it's all good. It's just the Carabao. It's all good. We got Champions League, We got Champions man. League next week, man. It's Don't yeah. worry. We might cry if we go out of that. Yeah. And it's like, it's different, dudes. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I, on what you said about it's not like Son just decided that he was like, I actually don't care and I'm just not going to put in, put any effort in. I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter about these players didn't put any effort in. There's not one part of me after watching that game that thought that they didn't care and they no. weren't trying. Like also they're professional athletes who want to win. That's why they're in the game. They're putting effort in. Like they <laughs> they were definitely putting effort. You know, there was diving blocks and um, Sonny did a lot of running off the ball. It just sort of didn't quite happen for him. Um, like I just think that's so unfair. And it happens a lot, you know, when you lose a final, there's always like their effort was bad. It's like I, I don't think that's the case. Oh, definitely. I think as well there's a big like Mourinho hangover that's still there mm. and, you know, players playing with some sort of fear. Yeah. Like they played a whole season knowing that, you know, their manager might give them the backing in training and, and behind the behind the scenes. But if they don't play well, they get hung out to dry in public. Yeah. Um, you also have them players, like we said before, like Winks who doesn't play and then is expected to come in and mm. play in this big game and play like he's been playing all season mm. um, and is a star in, you know, star in the team and, and, and regularly getting on the pitch. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, again, like Winks doesn't get the ball and go, oh, you know what? I can't be bothered advancing it. Yeah. It's like he's playing like a player who doesn't have much confidence mm. because, you know, the previous manager hasn't shown – much in him. Also a team that's a little scared of losing in a sense because they know that how desperately Spurs want to win something. Mm. Um, also getting in a, you know, Ryan Mason and, you know, Mason hasn't had long enough to to instill anything on this team really. Yeah. So I don't think we can't really blame Mason for much here. Mm. Maybe the substitutions is oh, what we can say. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> that, that was a bit kind of naive from him Yeah, from that. But in terms of, say, setting up the team initially and their overall mentality, we can't blame Mason from that because it's like the ghost of Mourinho is still hovering around that stadium. Yep. He's um, come back from the ghost ball. <laughs> <laughs> the 1920s ghost, ghost ball. ball. <laughs> yeah. Something else I was, I was just going to raise, though, which – it, it struck me at the start of the game. Um, I don't know if anyone else noticed this, but the 
Man City had so many like decorations yeah. and flags and banners up and like they had a huge Man City logo, which was like took up, you know, a quarter of the stadium and then Spurs had nothing on their end. Yeah. So it almost seemed like the team, had, like as a club, we weren't, you know, trying to match them with that belief that we were going to win this. Yeah, mm. um, absolutely. Even from small things like that. Yep. Like pretty much the only Spurs decoration I remember seeing was the words Hugo written on his own gloves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there was like two small banners that were like, you know, half a half a block of seats versus their six <laughs> huge logos and slogans that were covering whole blocks. It was like it looked like a Man City home game. Mm. Um, yeah, I was – not very happy about that. It didn't look very good at all. Like, yeah, it was embarrassing to no, see that. I, I definitely agree. It wasn't yeah. a good look from that. Um, so, you know, the, the other thing in the list too, Man City, obviously such a good team. And yeah. They're just much better. Mm. Like Matty was saying earlier, they were just like hammering us for like the first half. Yeah. Like just they kept on coming. Yep. Kept on coming. Can we start talking about the substitutions? Uh, now, because I need yeah, to, I, like I, need to get off I need to like have some catharsis over it. Um, these were the worst substitutions I've ever seen <laughs> from um, a uh, Spurs boss, and Tim Sherwood managed us in the interim. Like, I cannot believe. Like, I assume. Like, obviously, Ryan Mason knows more about football than me. Like, if I was managing, we'd be down ten nil by halftime. So great. But I imagine I love your acknowledgement of that as well. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I assume with those subs, it's like you know when you watch uh, like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire or like one of those game shows where it's a quiz and the question gets asked and it's like what's the capital of England and you're like it's London it's London and the person's like um Spain and you're like <laughs> what I assume the pressure of the situation skews your judgment a little bit because. Not only was the game not was crying out for end on ballet from like the first five minutes, but then Lucas and Lacelso had sort of just started cooking, and like Lucas, you know, had had a pretty good game up to that point, and then those two get hooked for Sissoko uh, and Bale, and I was glad that Bale came on, you know, not that he did anything, but Sissoko for Lacelso. To, and then to leave Endon Bella on the bench and leave Winks on, I was just, it's criminal. I think you're right. Like, LaCelso looked like he did start growing into the game a bit in that yeah. second half. Um, Lucas had played pretty well. And I mean, Lucas could have been tired, but he didn't look like he was running out of that much steam yet. Mm. Um, but I really agree. Like, it seemed like maybe Mason. You know, it's a lot of pressure to take it, take over a club five, six days later. You've got a, a final that your whole fan base around the world is ex- is really hoping you can win mm. to finally lift this trophy doubt, um, you know, and, and bring the club, <laughs> you know, some positivity sort of to move forward with. So it sort of struck me that maybe, again, Mason doesn't have that confidence yet. He's not used to playing in a game where there's this much pressure. Yeah. And it was just p- trying to play it a little bit safer. Mm. Um, throughout it and you can look at it in one sense and go yeah cool it took them 81 minutes to like score so if he was trying to hold them out that was working to an extent but it's still it's very like I don't want to say negative but it's like it's inviting chances Mm. to happen Um, 
rather than say, you know, 60, 70 minutes going, all right, let's have a crack. Mm. <laughs> let's go for it. Let's. And I think the subs spoke to that as well. Like you bring on Sissoko hoping that he's a Sissoko of a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, and thinking, okay, he'll shield the defense now and he'll do something there. Whereas we really needed like, all right, let's go for it now. We've got 20 minutes to try and score. Mm. Who cares if we lose 2-0 now? Yeah. Like let's actually have a go at it. Yeah, totally. Maddie, how did you feel about Sissoko coming on? Uh, I don't know Sissoko to be an unreliable player, so I didn't have the same reaction that you did. Yeah. Um, is this, this is the case, obviously. So he had a good year a couple of years ago and sort of reached... I'd say two. I'd say two good years. Two good years and sort of reached uh, cult status amongst the club because sure. he cost a lot of money, more than he was probably worth, had a bad first season and then sort of uh, came came to for two seasons under Pochettino. Also in a different position. So I think yeah. it's like when he was bought, we thought he was a more attacking player um, and... And he'd played for France in more attacking roles as well. Like, And then we bought him and he was not great to begin with. But then he sort of, it seemed like he knuckled down and he became more of a defensive player. Um, and then there were one or two things where he was just, he was closing down everyone, getting tackles in. Um, like the club legends, they voted him player of the season one season. Um, and like he had a great season then. And he became this like defensive monster. Um, so I think he won over a lot of sort mm-hmm. of support then. But now... Um, everyone seems to have forgotten any of those things because he has slowed down and he doesn't have that sort of like um, that dominance that, yeah. he, that he had in there. So it sort of feels now like there's not a huge amount that he's offering mm. for us. So like I guess to, to sort of Barney's point, when you see Sissoko sort of warming up and like taking off his, his, um, his beard, you're like, ah, this is not an exciting substitution right now. Yeah, it, I guess it. I, I mean, this might be a naive, <laughs> naive assumption, but it seems like in a situation like that where they were still nil nil, right? Mm. Surely you play your trump card. Yeah, and it didn't feel like a trump card at all. I no. suppose Bale coming on, but then, yeah, it, it, you know, it just didn't feel like cool. This is where the game turns the heat up. I suppose exactly. Yeah, you take off the two players that have been. The, the best moving the ball forward um, in the second half for Sissoko who even in his good seasons is not a ball progressor. He can dribble the ball but we have seen that sort of drop off. He doesn't move the ball well. Uh, and Gareth Bale who hopefully we might get something from but who knows, you know. I was also just going to say with Sissoko to your point about dribbling the ball, not in tight spaces mm. but when he's got like he's pretty quick. But when he's got space in front of him and it's a more of an open game and it's, you know, there's a lot of room for him to run into, he can then progress the ball okay. Like it's still kind of a bit out of control. Yeah. Um, but it's like definitely not in a game like this. Mm, no, no, not in a game like this. Um, yeah, I I couldn't believe that we were having another game where Winks and Sissoko were on the field at the same time. Like we had three different managers that have had a problem with those two on the pitch. And I know in this game, Sissoko actually was playing a little bit further forward, but it just shocked me that <laughs> that uh, he was back on. Um, and then we had more, more subs uh, after that. We had uh, Ali came on uh, and Bergwijn. Am I missing? Was there another one in the middle there that I... 
Um, no, I think that's it. Yeah, yeah, Alien Bergvine. Yeah, so you'd think Son should have come off considering the day he was having, but he didn't. Kane, you know, it takes guts, I suppose, to hook Kane, you know, in the second half of... Well, there's just this fear that Kane wants to leave the club. Yeah. (laughs) Like, as soon as possible. So there's that fear of like, well, can't take him off because then he's... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I suppose before we get to the Bergvine um, sub, which I found totally baffling... um, there was, of course, the goal that we conceded from Aurier fouling um, right up against the uh, touch line, like almost in the corner, completely needless foul. I don't know why he went in like he did, apart from the fact that it's Surge. So it's almost like we're stupid now for thinking that wouldn't be a possibility that could happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think as well, that might have been the moment where, because we were all watching this with. Um, with with my dad, yeah, uh, previous guest on the pod, mm-hmm. um, and he'll be back on soon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he just needs a bit more time to to, yeah. to relax on this. And he'd been fairly, I think, relaxed the the whole game to an extent. But then I think it was that moment where this foul happened, where he sort of sat up in his seat and he was not happy. Yeah, um, he got animated. It. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was it was just classic surge, and like he hadn't had, you know, he was getting killed by Sterling. But, like, he also hadn't had that bad a game to this point. Well, the, the other really bad incident from him was in the first half when he sort of um, he was trying to stop Sterling and then he just, like, ran off the pitch. Yeah. And then Sterling cut back inside and then Serge came back in, Sterling put a cross in and it, they almost scored from mm. him. Um, but I think you're right. Like, he wasn't having a horrendous game. But mm. the thing about a player like that is, like, you can't have – you can't afford to have one or two mistakes in a yeah. game. Mm. Uh, you need to be more solid than that. Yeah. Um, like you need to be beaten by brilliance, not by stupidity, mm. like by your own stupidity. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, of course, uh, they cross from here. De Bruyne crosses and Laporte heads uh, home for a goal. The The person that was marking uh, Laporte was, of course, Sissoko, um, who has now led to two goals conceded in two different cup finals. Um I'm so grumpy. <laughs> I'm so grumpy. You got steam coming yeah. out of your ears. Um, I need to get you a hot towel. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no. A hot towel? Is that going to make you feel yeah. more relaxed? Yeah, a cool, cold towel? Cool towel. Okay, just give me a, a Valium. Yeah. <laughs> just a shovel to the head. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah that might be good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just felt like I, during the game, I mean, Maddie, you can probably verify this. I, I was kicking every single ball. <laughs> like I was so invested and um, anxious during the game that when this happened, I was like, well, I've just kicked every ball for you guys. I'm exhausted. I feel so betrayed. Yeah, there were a lot of squeaks coming yeah. from a lot of uh, sudden movements. Yeah. And look over and you were just so tense and mm. just making the, oh, oh. <laughs> I think it's all by you. Went, I noticed you went for a couple of headers at some stage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so bad for doing that. Coming yep. in and just oh, yep. try to... Headers, yep. Or if I think someone's not going to get to a ball, I like move forward a little bit, <laughs> or I like will do a little twitch of my foot to like play the ball now. Yeah, it's. Uh, I was there. <laughs> I was there. Um, um, yeah, but it it was it was a poor goal to concede. Like so, the free kick obviously very poor. Yeah. Um, like completely needless. Mm. Um, and then yeah, the marking. It looked like Sissoko was going for a zonal mark. Yeah. Um. 
it looked like we've seen other replays from different angles now that have showed that Dyer was actually kind of shouting like, Oi, Laporte, <laughs> there's yeah. someone at Laporte. Um, and Sissoko just looked like, yeah, he looked like he was more marking zonally, mm. wasn't really trying to pick up um, the player. And then, you know, Laporte's a big boy. Yeah. Um, he's not someone that you can kind of let them get the jump on you. Mm. And if they do manage to do that, you need to just give them something, enough of a little nudge that obviously not a foul, but enough contact to kind of put them off mm. a tiny bit. And a player like Sissoko, who's like, you know, strength was his main thing yeah. <laughs> for a long time. Um, for him to not even really put up much of a challenge there, mm. I think that's what was kind of disappointing. Like it looked like he got completely blindsided yeah. by yep. that situation. Mm. Yep, I, I agree. He did. And then we had the last 10 minutes where we didn't really cook anything up. And what, what I found so infuriating was at the 91st minute, Bergvine comes on. And it's like, this dude hasn't played for ages. And now you're like, you've got two minutes, do something. He comes on. Like it was like Mason was trying to waste time. Like don't bring, don't bring him on at 91 minutes. You're just using up time here. Like it was so infuriating. Yeah. And I think it's kind of been like something that's happened all season in the sense that the end of games are when Spurs are most vulnerable. Yep. And there's been a lot made of um, Spurs are not very fit as a team at all. And mentally and physically, they can't keep their concentration for the full game yep. and the full 90 minutes. So we've conceded so many goals. I wouldn't be surprised if we conceded the most goals in the league, mm. in, you know, in the last sort of 10 minutes um, of a game. And so it just showed again that we get to the end of the game and just that concentration to pick up these players. That kind of goes. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, the the sub to bring on Bergwijn. I thought as well the sub to bring on Ali. I know, you know, Deli can sometimes pull something out. Mm. But again, a player who, like Jose's closet is full yeah. of these players. Deli's in there. Bergwijn is in there. Mm. Um, I understand as well if you're Mason, you go, I like these players. I want to play them. Mm. But you've also got to think, look, I need more time <laughs> to build up their fitness, give them some more games. Like you might just be, ha you might just have to use the players that Mourinho has been using because yeah. they are going to be the fittest and they are theoretically going to have as much, about more match sharpness than the others. Yeah. Um. So you're right. It was just a bit of a, bit of an odd substitution, but I don't know. To me, it felt like the game was done mm. as soon as City scored. It was just like, well, yeah, we're not. What are we going to do here? Mm. Um. Yeah. We finished the match with. Uh, 0 0.04 XG to City's three point something something. 0 0.04. <laughs> which is low. <laughs> that is so low. I think as well there was um, – I saw another stat too, which it showed the percentage of long balls that teams play mm. over the course of the season. And I think Man City are top for playing the least. Yeah. Um, Spurs were around seventh. Yeah. Which I think pretty in the past we would have been higher than that. We wouldn't have had that many. The, t the teams who are kind of like um, battling for relegation, it's around about 17, 18%. They're, they're, they're going for long balls. Yeah. Um, and Spurs against City, I think, had about 16 or 17%. Wow. So they were playing like a relegation battling team mm. in the sense of going for these big long balls um, rather than actually trying to play. Yeah. Well, what I got so confused about was we saw a couple of times that Dyer and uh, Alderville were next to Larice from the kickout, and they'd try and play. It was like, yeah, we want to play with possession. 
in the most dangerous area. And then once once we get out of that, we're going to hoof it long. Like it was yeah. so confusing as to what they were kind of going for. Or like you said, Maddie, if they would half beat City's press, they'd then stop and be like, all right, let's go back. <laughs> We'd go back to the center backs. Yeah, it was uh, frustrating. Um, yeah, really disappointing. And, uh, you know, I again, like I've been very negative about Mason. It's whatever. Like, you know, it's his first uh, proper coaching gig. He's had two games. Like, you know, I get it. But if I think if Mourinho had made the subs that Mason had made, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium would have been burnt down. <laughs> like, um, yeah, uh, definitely. I like, yeah. yeah, I don't think I don't think we can blame Mason too much. Um, the subs not great, mm. um, but he's had so little time. Yeah. So, uh, you know, people were saying, oh, but you know, we should have kept Jose. He would have done a better. I don't think Jose would have done a better job. I don't think so either. Going into this. Um, he just would have come out and blamed the players mm-hmm. more. Yep. Or probably said, well, I want to say, but I cannot say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want me to say? I want to say. I cannot. I cannot say. <laughs> like, great, Jose. So cool. basically you just want to slam everyone, but yeah. the club said, no, be quiet, please. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll put up an Instagram post and say, I hope everyone on this bus is, <laughs> is upset as me. <laughs> yeah. What did you think of the uh, refing? Because a lot got sort of uh, let go in the first half. You know, there's an argument that Laporte should have been sent off by the time that he scored. But like Mason said, if the first one gets a yellow, maybe the second doesn't get one. Um, you well, know, I agree with that. Like, yeah. To me, it's like if you go back in time, like butterfly effect stuff. Mm. Like if you, if the, you give a yellow for that first foul, that second foul isn't happening. Yeah, It's a completely different game. Mm. So uh, he's not making... That that second challenge doesn't exist. Yeah. Um. So he's and even if it did exist, he's not going to make that challenge. Mm. Um. Also, uh, Reguilon could have had a yellow card earlier in the game too. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, I actually didn't think that the refing was that bad. I know some people have kind of complained a bit mm. about it, but to me, it didn't stand out as like, oh, the ref is ruining this game here. Yeah. No, it didn't seem out of the normal trend of ref refing this season at all. Like I didn't notice anything heinously bad. Um, you know, that was frustrating because we lost, <laughs> but if we'd won, we probably wouldn't be thinking about it. Yeah, and I think that always happens. Like yeah. when you lose, it's like, who can we blame first apart from ourselves? Yeah. Oh, the ref. Yeah. <laughs> Convenient. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was just, look, it was just a disappointing day. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, City are a good team. Yeah, City are really, no, a really good team. Really good team. Yeah. Um, that's so I think there's not much more to it in terms of like, yeah. you know, it, it it wasn't that bad, but it also just, it wasn't exciting. Mm. But, you know, City winning that game is not a surprise. No. Um, it's probably just the manner in which it happened, which we would have just preferred it to be, um, you know, to have gone about the game a little bit differently. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, look, it's, I think in terms of say like, you know, moving forward and like the new managers and, and all these sort of things, mm. um, we've been pretty much ruled out for Nagelsmann now. Yeah. I know Barney, you've probably mentioned him, I think every week mm. somehow in, um, just, just trying to like will that into existence. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. and now it's Manifest. confirmed. Yeah. And now it's confirmed that he's going to Bayern. I hope he goes and dances at the ghost ball. <laughs> <laughs> My beautiful Nagelsmann is gone. I 
can't believe Bunny, it. Bunny, you never had him. Yeah, I know. Bunny, you never had him. That's what hurts more. I know. I never even had him. He was never mine. Oh, boy. Yeah, to cap off the cup final. Once I read that, I was like, oh, great. <laughs> great, 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 great. Um, but, yeah, we've been linked with – what I have been happy with is the, the managers that we've been linked with have all been managers that I've been like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's oh, – yeah, I can see what we're going for here. Like we're going for an exciting younger management management manager with um, uh, innovative tactical ideas. Like, cool, all right, I'm, I'm into that. Um, probably the least sexy of those being Graham Potter. Um, well, okay, so appearance-wise mm, – Yeah. And, I mean, look, we should – Maddie would be the, the overall – Yeah, you know, of course, yeah. We don't want to step on any toes no. here. Appearance-wise, the least sexy. Yeah, but also in terms of how I love Maddie that you're reaching for your phone out <laughs> yeah. to, to Google Graham Potter, um, but the there's been a lot of positivity around fans talking about Graham Potter and saying that he does actually play a decent brand with Brighton. Yeah, and I know, oh Maddie, the way the results are in. Yeah, no. Yeah, <laughs> he looks like he works in a bank. He does. Yeah, he looks untrustworthy as well. <laughs> <laughs> I love that that's your default like rating for any of these players or managers. It's like, are they untrustworthy? Yes. <laughs> Doesn't look honest. I, see, I think it looks honest. I don't think it looks honest at all. Oh. I think it looks more honest than like some other managers out there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you asked me to come on here <laughs> to, no, to talk about no, people's no, appearance. Yeah, yeah. I apologise. Back, yeah, right, back in my box there. Yeah. Come on now. Um, I guess I mean like I'm not against Potter. Yeah, mm. the other thing too is if you look at the um, XG, yeah. which is again everyone's favorite metric. Everyone's favorite. Also, it's something we talk about on this podcast occasionally, still without really knowing exactly what goes ah, into it all. Yeah, absolutely. But if you look on XG, Brighton are something like fourth or fifth in the league or something wow. like that. Yeah. And then their actual, oh no, in, sorry, their XG in terms of expected points. Oh. But then their actual points are far below that. So it really suggests that. Brighton are really lacking forwards to put away goals. Mm. But apart from that, they actually have a pretty decent team. And especially defensively, they have a pretty tight defensive unit there. Um, especially with like Smith, Dunk. Like there's some, like we could, <laughs> I'd take those two as centre backs. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I would too. But I, I think, yeah, to me, Potter sounds okay. And, and, and similarly, um, Scott Parker, mm. like I would take him, like I would take these managers that come in now that don't have, this huge international like um, reputation or anything like that. Like I, I'm kind of excited at a bit of a rebuild now, even if that means that Kane goes, um, even if my beloved son ends up leaving. I think at this stage, like a proper sort of rebuild that we actually commit to, um, it, it, I'm kind of for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not so in on Scott Parker. Um, I'm more in on Graham Potter, but also Brighton is 16th. So <laughs> like, uh, it's not to, like the Southampton Pochettino hiring, he managed to get them to seventh and like awesome. And I get that they're forward. Um, oh, what's his name? He's one of my nemesis. Um, um, it starts with an M, uh, doesn't, um, Mope? Mope? Yeah. 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 Like, you know, terrible. Like they're terrible in the forward department. 
So maybe if they had a competent forward, it would be different. Um, like you said, the defense is really good. I find him a lot more exciting than Scott Parker, who to me is like Ryan Mason upgrade. <laughs> like he's just a bit better than him. He, you know, Fulham were awful at the start of the season um, and they've sort of worked it out a bit now, but not enough for me to be impressed with what he's done. I get that they play passing football, but yeah. Um, I guess I feel that there's a, a lot of, um, and not necessarily from you, but from the fan base in general, mm. there's just still a, a thought of, you know, we are a big attractive pro, um, proposition to the top level managers in the game and we're going to easily mm. um, get people in. Um, and like everyone's saying Rogers, Rogers, Rogers. Yeah. Brandon Rogers is not leaving Leicester. No. He's got them into the Champions League. Yeah. He's like, he'll get a bumper contract there for sure. He's still on a long-term contract as it is. Mm. And he's like the king of Leicester right now. Yeah. Like why on earth? He's been at big clubs before. He moved to Liverpool. He managed them, mm. um, looked promising and then didn't end up working out. Mm. Then went off to Celtic, did a really great job there. Has come out like he's been at a big club before with big expectations. Yeah. And I just think that we're not actually that much of an exciting prospect no. for a manager from a team above us mm. on the table or, you know, a real sort of world-class manager yeah. to sort of come into right now. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's what Jose was supposed to be, this world-class sort of, but it was a marriage of convenience more than anything. You know, he needed to go to, he wanted to start managing again. The Spurs uh, seat was vacant probably didn't want to come to Spurs in the first place, but, you know, that was sort of where he was at after Manu. Um, yeah, so I agree with you. I don't think it's um, it's not like, you know, they're going to lure Pep or um, Jurgen Klopp over. Like they're just, they wouldn't be interested in coming. Or a last-minute deal for Nagelsmann. Exactly. Like he's going to buy Munich. <laughs> I have to admit that. <laughs> um, I, I am kind of excited to buy um, – I don't know, I'm very sorry if I mispronounce this, but the Ajax manager, uh, is it Ten Hag? Ten Hag, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, like he has done some cool stuff at Ajax. I know the league is a little bit different to the Premier League in terms of quality, but like plays a exciting brand, like brought Ajax out of when they were just an absolute mess. Um, so, you know, like I think that's a cool option. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in for him. I'm in for Graham Potter. Yeah. Yeah, I think like I'm 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 down for Ten Hag. Mm. I admittedly haven't seen a lot apart from when we played Ajax and also the highlights from their run in that season in, in 2019. Um, but I would be down for that. Like you know, he's he's worked with young players there and sort of brought them through, and you know, seems to have a a pretty you know um, solid and identifiable way about how he likes to play and mm. set up his team. So. Yeah, I know you're not as not as pro on Parker. Parker's not my preference either. Yeah. I think I just mean like if it was between like Asari and Parker, I'm like let's get behind Parker. Yeah, and let's do something. Um, but yeah, I think like Potter. Um, Potter would probably be my preference. Mm. Um, out of everyone. Yeah, I would just like to see if whoever comes in, we need to do. What happened under Pochettino where he went, I'm not playing with these players, you know, the Kabul Cabal, they are banished from the team. You need to get rid of them. I'm not playing them. Um, 
And the same needs to happen again. It needs the new manager needs to come in. He needs to say, "I don't want uh, Harry Winks. Um, he's gone." <laughs> Is it just Harry Winks? <laughs> yeah, the rest of them can stay. Um, uh, and um, you know, like this is who we need. And the club makes a strong attempt to sign the players that we do need. Um, versus him coming in with this squad that's been together for a long time, and then it's like go ahead, <laughs> you know, like work it out because that's not going to – that's just like throwing someone to the wolves, whoever we sign. Definitely. Yeah. I think this kind of just leads into, you know, the the thoughts around sort of Levy and, and Enik at the moment and, mm. and everything to do with them. And it's like we – I personally don't believe that this whole Enik out, Levy out thing. I don't believe – I'm not behind that mm. because I think that um, Levy has done a lot of good things for this club – um, and off the field in terms of business admin, forget Super League from, from this yep. um, thing. Um, but like we said earlier, I see Super League as a bit of a desperate move to try and recoup money and not fall behind these bigger teams who are all, you know, trying to orchestrate it. And so if the big boys are saying, hey, do you want to seat at the table? I can see how you go, yeah, we'll do it. We'll get money. Okay, we don't want to fall behind. Mm. Um, I'm not saying he's completely blameless, but just let's let's rule Super League out of this. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, the, the progress we've made as a club off the field in the last 20 years has been very good. And, like, we've got, like, a world-class training facility. We've got a world-class stadium. Those sort of things would be paying dividends now if we didn't have COVID wiping out crowds for the last year. Yeah. Um, also, the new training center, like, we've got a lot of good youngsters coming through apparently. So a new training center is not instantly going to give you superstars the next day. Like, mm. that's something that's going to take, like, 10, 15 years to start really um coming to fruition you've got to sow the seeds the crops the human crops the human crops mm. farmer levy's got to be sowing those seeds exactly. exactly um so i think there's been a lot of positive moves made yeah. in that um we also you know he's a, he's a, a pretty tough negotiator but in some ways that's better than having someone who just you remember the sun until i die documentary the um the second group of owners i think they um it was like deadline day. Yeah. And they're like, well, we're not gonna pay what's his name? Was it Will Will I forget his name. It wasn't Will <laughs> Gunn. It was something, um, whatever his name was. It was a player they were signing. And they were talking like, um, oh, we're not gonna sign, we're not gonna sign him for more than one point three. There's mm. no way we're going more. There's no way we're going more. Um, no, I'm not gonna do it. I can't do it, can't do it. And then it comes out like with the 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 text on the screen for like next day. It's like they paid four million or <laughs> something like that, and it was just some panic thing, which then like put them further in debt, and then they <laughs> sold up. Um, so I think in terms of business admin stuff, like it has to be acknowledged that like Levy is pretty smart in most instances with that. But the problem with him is that he's just got to be doing less. When it football comes to stuff. The, yeah, less, less football stuff. Yeah. Like I know, Barney, you, you're a huge fan of Steve Hitchin, mm. but we probably, <laughs> you know, if we had like a director of football, if we had oh, a better yeah. scouting system yeah. in place, if Levy wasn't controlling that as much, mm. if he was actually letting them call the shots more on who we should get, yep. then I can see a way forward where Levy still is, um, you know, operating at the club. Totally. I mean, I agree with exactly what you've said, I think. You know, kicking them out isn't going to solve all the problems of Tottenham Hotspur. I'm not going to go and win the league the next season after Enik had gone. Um, I think we need to pull Levy back. We need a director of football. We need a better scouting network. Um, you know, we had Scott Mitchell, um, but then it you know 
came out that he was skimming money off the top of the transfers. Um, great. Yep. <laughs> uh so that would be great. Also, like if any goes, like who buys Spurs? Like probably like the devil. I don't know. Like it's going to be some evil billionaire as well. Like it's not It's not just going to be like, uh, you know, UNICEF or <laughs> the Dalai Lama. Like, you know, I mean, he's questionable as well. But, um, you know, like that's not going to happen. So oh, definitely. And it, it's just this thought of like we've got it so bad, we've got it so bad. Oprah. <laughs> she could afford them. Yeah, <laughs> she could afford to buy us. Yeah, good. Um, but yeah, there is this thought that we've, we're doing it so rough, we've got it so bad, and like in the scheme of things across the clubs, we're really not. It's just that our us as fans, our expectations of the club are a lot higher than what we've been um, achieving. Yeah. But in the scheme of things, there'd be a lot of other teams who would love to be finishing fourth, fifth, sixth. Yeah. Um, in the league and not battling relegation <laughs> every yeah. season. Yeah. And it just seems like we constantly are complaining that mm. like, you know, we're not winning the league. We're not winning the league. When, if you look at it, the amount of money that is being spent to win the league these days is like billions yeah. of pounds. Yeah. So if you remove Chelsea and Man City from this equation, if they didn't have those takeovers, you know, Chelsea were like, lower to mid table. Like they were finishing like 14th and 11th. Mm. Um, Man City were like in division, uh, they were in division two come up. Like, so if you take away those big buys and splashes out of the, out of the, the market in the last 20 years, yeah, I'm sure we would have won a few things. Mm. Yep. Yep. I agree. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Money, <laughs> money, money, money. That's why Oprah should buy the club. That's why Oprah should buy the club. Yeah. Like yeah. it's almost like the only way to win now is to not try and develop a sustainable club that can finance itself. Yeah, it's like you have to ha- you have to be willing to lose huge amounts of money. Yeah, to yeah. win now. Yeah, that's um, exactly it. So, look, Tottenham yeah. never stopped disappointing in terms of entertaining in some way. No, that's <laughs> very true. We always have something to talk about. We do. Um, our last topic of this evening, I just want to go really quick and get your predictions for our next game against Sheffield. Uh, Dan, what's your prediction? Okay, Sheffield dead last in the table. Yeah. Already condemned to relegation. Yeah. Um, there's no like, – come on. There's no way that we could lose. There's no way we could – like they're, Sheffield are playing for nothing. Mm. So – I still don't think we'll go and like wipe the floor with them, mm. but I'm thinking like a, a two nil. Yeah. Cool. I, as you said that I had Peter Drury's voice in my head being like this Sheffield team, they're going down, but they're not done yet. Another goal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Maddie. Uh, maybe I'm going to go with the old loves to concede and go a two one. A two one yeah, to Spurs. Yeah, to Spurs, late in the piece. Yeah. There's cool. a little concede. Yeah. I am going to go and say we are going to win 5 0. <laughs> Great. Yep. Good. I, I would love if there's that rebound after, yeah. you know, such a poor cup game. Yep. Um, to come back out and, and go for that. Like, there is still a minuscule chance of us finishing fourth. Mm hmm. Yep. So if we can get a good result here. Mm hmm. Um, we always sound so positive at the end. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about all the issues that we've had. Yeah. Like, you know, how sad we've been feeling about yeah. things yeah. for like an hour. And then we're like, but, and I think, but isn't that being a Spurs fan? Oh, totally. You're always like, but, 
if we get a run together. Yeah. <laughs> we could do it. We could do it. If we win 38 out of 38 games. <laughs> <laughs> if we win five out of the next five. five yeah. Possible. Possible. Yeah. Yep. Five nil. Five nil. So oh, okay. I know last time you made a claim, you said that you would buy yourself an iPad mm. or you would put money into the dirt. Yes. Do you have anything to sort of put on this five nil? Okay. Sure. All right. If we uh, win five nil, mm. um, I will. Um, okay, no. If we lose, <laughs> I love if- how serious this is as well because we have a horrendous track record for keeping promises that oh, we make. Terrible, terrible. I mean, you're currently riding on an iPad. <laughs> yeah, yep. That I was not supposed to get, <laughs> but I did buy it from a JB Hi-Fi that was below ground. So technically, I did actually bury my money in the ground. Wow. Yeah. Look at how that came together. Yeah. Yep, That's exactly. Great. I did it on purpose. All right. Um, <laughs> no, you actually did that on purpose, didn't you? Yep. To make sure yep. that. Yep, picked that JB yep. so I still <laughs> stuck to my word. Yeah. I'm like Daniel Levy. I'm a snake. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, okay. If if my prediction is not right, mm. um, we will go for dinner at Cumulus. Where you're putting, you're bringing our relationship yeah. into that. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Yes. Uh, uh-huh. Yep. So if I get it wrong, I'll take you out for dinner to Cumulus. You're paying. And I'll pay. Brilliant. Okay. So hang on. If you get the prediction right, but if I get then it, there's no relationship no, goals here. No, no. If I get it. There's no relationship. <laughs> if I get it right, you have to move on. <laughs> um, uh, if I get it right, um, then. No, wait, that is if you get it right, isn't it? Oh, no, no, no. That's if I get it wrong. If I don't get the five. Oh, God, I'm going to eat a cumulus oh, for free. Okay. Okay. Well, that's a, yeah. that's a good bet for you then, Maddie. That's yeah. Please. What else? Um, buy me a car. If I do get it right, though, five nil, five nil, five nil, five nil, you. Why is this my fault? (laughs) (laughs) You, you asked me the question. Mm. You did invite this topic on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think Barney was just licking his lips, getting ready to sign off. And then (laughs) you've you've opened up this can of worms. Hey, I'm going to cumulus, I think. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, I don't think so. I think I'll be right. Um. You have to um, buy me. <laughs> I can't think of anything that I, that I want. This is the least Daniel Levy-like negotiation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, a ballpoint oh, pen. Yeah, yeah ballpoint. Okay, no. If, <laughs> if I get it right, yeah. you have to buy me uh, next season's kit. Oh, wow. Well, I love that either I get... A lovely dinner, yeah. Or I'm down quite a bit of money <laughs> off your stupid <laughs> <laughs> prediction. Yeah, sure. All right, I'll take the bet. Great. Yeah. Done. Done. I think you're going to dinner. I think I'm going to dinner. Uh, uh. Like five, <laughs> five nil as five well. Five nil. That's very specific. So if it's six nil, I still go to dinner. Yeah. 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 The odds are not in my favour. Not like Katniss Everdeen. Also. Like buying me dinner, if you bought me Uber Eats, that's mm. a great day for me. But yeah. you're, you've picked, <laughs> you have picked a very expensive restaurant in Melbourne. Yep. Great. This is like over negotiating. So we'll give you 100 million for the plate. Well, we would have accepted 10. <laughs> yeah. So we'll take that. I would have accepted a bloody cheeseburger. But thank you very much, Barney. That's great. And well, just yeah. to clarify as well here, if there's like a VAR goal disallowed or anything, mm. there's no sneaking out of that, Barney. Yeah, sure. So, the scoreline at the end, 5-0 yep. at the end of the game. Yeah. That's yep. all it is. Mm-hmm. Do I mm-hmm. do I get in on anything? Like, 
You can come. You can come to dinner. You're buying for two. <laughs> no, no, but I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Bring, well, I'm not paying though. Yeah, yeah. I'm not paying for Dan. He he's just invited. So I can come and pay my own way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm allowed to be a third wheel on your date. Yes. This all right, this doesn't work well for me. Yeah. Um, all right, Dan, if if I'm <laughs> if I'm wrong, then um I will um I'll <laughs> I'll sing a song on the next podcast about Tottenham. If I'm right, you have to sing a song about Tottenham. Okay, great. I yep. love it. Yep. I Sorry. also love that you throw that up as if the thing that I want most in, is to like, Maddie gets a dinner out of this. I get a lovely yeah. dinner. The thing I want most in the world is to hear you sing next week <laughs> on the show. Yeah, I, I do know that. Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. If I get it wrong, I'm going to the ghost ball. And <laughs> 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 no, I won't pay any of my debt. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> on that morbid end, uh, this has been a bit spursy. I've been Barney. I've been Dan. I've been Maddie. Thanks so much for being on the podcast, Maddie. Thank you so much for having me. I had a lot of fun. Okay, great. Very good. It was very fun having you. Thanks. Um, we will be back next week to talk about the Sheffield game. Uh, and any other, you know, batshit crazy developments <laughs> that happen between now and then. Uh, hopefully this isn't completely out of date. When you listen to it, it is Tuesday night here in <laughs> Melbourne. Uh, thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to A Bit Spursy. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Email us at hello at abitspursy.com and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms.